You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room where we talk all things DC, the house that Batman built. We also like to dabble in that world of Marvel and Star Wars and everything beyond. I'm going to be your host for tonight, Carlos, and I'm here with my man once again. Troy the boy, man. I'm back. I'm back. I know. We found you, man. <laughs> it's so good to hear your voice again. Yeah, you know, it's been, it's been a while, man. I was on ice. I was on ice, you know, but uh, <laughs> I'm back out and uh, I'm ready to go, man. There's so much cool stuff to talk about, and uh, I'm just excited to be here, man, especially with our special guest going down right now. I know, and our special guest, fresh out of the Invasion of the Remake podcast, we bring in the big guns now, like, this guy's on a whole nother level, <laughs> but uh, we're going to actually have him in here in the capacity of his day job as one of the OG True Blue comic book retailers in our city and the purveyor of probably the last old school comic book shop in Calgary, Words and Pictures, Jay from Invasion of the Remake. How are you, man? Oh, well, thank you for having me on this show. I've had you on my show a couple of times, so it's nice to cross the street and join you guys uh, with the comic book chat, the stuff I do every day. I know. I know. Well, we always start our shows with uh, everybody's favorite segment, This Week in Nerd, but for you, it's just This Life in Nerd. This that nerd is. Life. That is my life in Nerd. I, I read a ton of material and just trying to think of the stuff that I did in one week. I'm like, was that last week? Was that the week before? Or was that, or is that going to be tomorrow? I don't know. I just kind of, I, I try to keep up with the Marvel and DC stuff as, uh, and read it as quickly as I can, because that's the stuff I get the most questions about. And then the indie stuff, I tend to read whenever I, I feel like it, because I don't get as many questions. Like I love Valiant comics, but I'm probably about three years behind. <laughs> well yeah that's uh you got to be on the tip of the spear for what your customers are asking for and uh valiant i, I know from living those days when john Byrne was launching the next men books in the 90s ain't no not too many folks feeling that man well so. that 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 was dark horse but <laughs> <laughs> i mean john Byrne turned people off with his unique brand of crazy i love john but <laughs> he's kind of turned See, into this... sour old man uh, alan moore oh no <laughs> i know man a local boy no less but this is why we have you on man like you know, I, I can I can do so much to fill that space, but we got the true blue expert in the house today. So, folks, that's what's going to dominate our show today. It's going to be all about the comic book industry, kind of where we were, where we're going, and everything in between. But before we get into that, we got to hit This Week at Nerd. And for my man, Troy the Boy, the guy who yeah. always brings the heat for This Week at <laughs> Nerd, yeah. you've got a month to catch up on. So, Oof. man, bring that hype. Just Oh, man truck that hype train through this show yeah man coming through with the five ton right now um man you know it's been it's been a while so there's been a lot of things so so don't think i've done this all in one day or one week but um starting with the comics i've actually gone back so far and still still going through with uh my boy amazing spider-man nick spencer's run you know the best news i've heard is the fact that this guy's off on 75 <laughs> like i tell you i'm so excited i've actually been like plowing through these issues just knowing that it's coming to an end 
And I don't care who's taking over next, but I just cannot wait because this has to be, you know, I was a little hard on Tom King's Batman, but there's actually a lot of like redeeming and really cool points and, and things that he brought to the mantle of Batman and even the other characters. But the amazing Spider-Man, the 75 issues, or at least 69 where I'm at right now has just been a chore. It's just been an absolute chore. And um, yeah, I'm excited to move on from there. I won't talk any more bad things about the amazing Spider-Man, but um, Nightwing, Nightwing, another guy that was actually kind of having some trouble a little while back, you know, Rebirth started off pretty cool, start to drop a little bit once he went through that whole identity crisis, being the taxi cab driver, Rick. Yeah. But now he's back, Tom Taylor in full effect. And I'm, I just finished issue, I did 79, I think I'm just under issue 81. So I think I'm down two issues, but Basically, he just had a team up with um with uh, Tim Drake. Oh and it's, man, it's cool. This new villain, Heartless, yeah. and uh, I'm I'm loving this. The art is fantastic. We're getting some really cool panels displaying Dick Grayson's like acrobatic skills, which I just love. Like, there's so much care behind this book, and you, we've been raving about Tom Taylor for quite a while now. And I'm just really glad that he's doing my my favorite character in DC Justice. So that's been amazing. I'm loving um x-men right now too like i've been a big x-men guy since this um jonathan hickman run but now we're in like the uh the hellfire gala and it's a really cool far out there but extremely big but also fun it's kind of the stuff like i've mentioned before when watching avengers age of ultron that scene where they're having like the party and everyone's just in their civilian clothes that's kind of like one of the best parts of the movie and I think the other X-Men event we had, um, Swords of X had that moment too, is like the evening before they actually had the tournament and they're all just eating. Those are some of the best moments. And the gala is like that. Like we're just getting like a whole bunch of books doing that, but there's a lot more going on at the same time. But we're also just getting like the X-Men interacting with like Captain America and like Tony Stark and all these other characters at the same time. And Magneto is being a boss. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. So right now, man, I'm having a lot of fun. Reading the comics, um, action figures, I've been picking up like that three and three quarter line still of those Marvel Legends. I, I got my hands on Black Panther, I found Daredevil, um, got Iron Man. So that's been pretty cool. Uh, the Black Series stuff that came through with that kind of vintage um, Clone Wars that you and I have been going hard for. Uh, Anakin just showed up today. I got Obi-Wan, I think it would have been like last week. Cause you reminded me that is outside my house. So uh, <laughs> that was, a, that was a good look. So I got my hands on there. Um, and you know, right now, man, I'm just, I'm still, I'm just, I'm really in this hot toys kind of realm right now where I've just been eyeing up and down, you know, in the DMS, you and I've been going back and forth with these one, six scale figures. And I'm just in this world of, uh, of one, six scale, man. So I'm just eyeing up some stuff in the future, still trying to find that black Panther. Cause I know he's a hard one to get, but he's, He's extremely pricey right now. That Civil War look. They got to remake so, him, man. They got to. Like, I, I, I hope so. I really hope. Because he's such a good look. Because when you look at, like, the the one going afterwards, like, Infinity War and, like, his movie, it's it's okay. But, like, the helmet. The helmet for me. The nose, Civil man. War, yeah. And the ears, like, yeah. it's it's absolutely perfect. But Sideshow has also been doing these um these cool Marvel figures as well. And there's, like, a Magneto a Wolverine and a Cyclops right now. And I think Gambit's next. And I've been eyeing these guys up and down and Cyclops is my guy. So I don't know. I might have to pull the trigger on that Cyclops in the blue, the Jim Lee looking kind of outfit. I'm just, I'm there right now, man. I'm there. You, uh, <laughs> you get any further in any of that third party stuff that we were looking at? Uh, like I'm, well, and... Yeah. So I've been eyeing up hard. It's, um, it's basically 
<laughs> it's like a knockoff of the Justice League Hot Toys Superman, but it's called a By Arts Transcendent or Translucent? Transcendent. Superman. Transcendent Superman. Looks looks pretty good. Obviously, it doesn't look as good as the uh, fully licensed Hot Toys, but he scales a little bigger, actually, which I kind of like because I want Superman to be a bit bigger. But overall, he looks amazing. The costume, the suit, the skin. The only thing I want to do is, like I mentioned to you before, is get that head swap with that re uh, latest release of the Henry Cavill kind of face that's out there. Yeah. So I figure if I buy this guy for a little bit cheaper than a Hot Toys price, swap out that head with like that, that nice-looking new Henry Cavill, I think I'm good with that Superman. So I have been eyeing him up and down. I've been looking at the green, the green menace, I guess you should call him, not the green goblin, because he's not licensed. <laughs> but that's um, a great figure, though. It's Holy a great looking yeah. green goblin. He looks amazing. <laughs> amazing especially coming uh down the pipe with um with the hot toys uh spider-man classic suit i think those two would just look incredible together on display oh man yeah. you you work that spider-man into kind of a suspended pose and the oh. same with the, the, well he comes with the hover stand the green goblin figure yeah yeah incredible yeah sky's the limit man so that that's where i'm at right now that's where i'm at well man, what's going on with you You've been putting in those hours, so yeah. this stuff is all paid for right now. You're uh, <laughs> you're not much. slumming it like me. <laughs> but uh, for me, Matt, I'm going to kick it. I got my my homeboy from the Nerd Room Arcade sitting side saddled. So for me, it's actually been gaming. I've got down and doing some gaming lately and uh, finished Last of Us 2. And, no way. Yeah, man. And like I, I held off on this one because the user reviews were pretty negative and i was like you know what these first party sony games they always drop in price pretty quick but these reviews are kind of bad so if people are have lost interest or don't like the characters or whatever um cheap copies will show up and so i kind of sat on it but man these guys were out to lunch like this is one of the most beautiful challenging stories that i've ever seen like they introduce new characters and they make you hate them. And by the end, you're cheering for them over the characters that you played with in the first game. Like, wow, they do some really complex stuff. They move away from the kind of what's happened with the world and how do we survive in this world? And it's more interpersonal relationships and how do we rebuild societies? And is this group's way of doing business correct? Or is this group's way of doing business correct? Or do we endorse the beliefs of this other group? And they really challenge you as a gamer. Like it doesn't really have any choose your own adventure elements to it. It's uh, the, the story is on rails, but they force you to seeing the consequences of actions through different characters eyes. And man, anybody who's played will know, but I got to say I'm hashtag team Abby by the time okay. this, this thing is all said and done. And, you just Google her name and Last of Us, and you will find hate like you would never believe. <laughs> I don't get that, man. That's like, it's Naughty Dog. That's a studio that it's maybe one of the last studios where I have complete faith in, until they have their yeah. own cyberpunk disaster. But you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm just going back through the Uncharted games right now myself. Yeah, yeah, man. Have you played the Last of Us two? Not two, no. Okay, yeah. man, it's awesome, and especially if you have any affinity for the first one, like it'll it'll shake you. But at the same time, it gives you a complex and challenging narratives, and I think that's where we need to take some of these games, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. either you give me this robust 
uh, replayable experience, or you give me something that just knocks my socks. I off love narrative wise. games. Like I, I'll mm-hmm. play these these story games, um, like uh, Wolf Among Us, The Walking Dead game that, that was all story based. Uh, Life oh, is strange. Stuff. Yeah, well, Life is Strange is a different studio, but um, kind of a similar aspect. And as oh, this girl's yeah, okay. discovering her powers, um, and that is the first game to get dust in my eyes. And I, it is dust. I swear to God, it was dust. <laughs> <laughs> That's Square Enix. I think that made that one. Right? Yeah, it was That's, Square uh, Enix. Um, yeah, okay. yeah, I'm about to start number two, and I'm like, okay, I gotta gear up for this because it's going to just crush me at some point in the game because that's what they do well those are those are the best things and that's why you know for me like yeah obviously i'm a big uh, time spider-man fanboy but that's why i feel like the ps4 ps5 spider-man nailed it because it's very story driven but the mechanics you feel like the web swinger himself it's just such a nice combination of both where i feel like um it's insomniac right yeah insomniac did that one but it kind of has a little bit of like that narrative of like what an uncharted or a um or a last of us kind of brings, but obviously just more action packed with you being obviously Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So a great thing about does, that, does game, this, uh... the, the great thing about that game is if you don't want to get into the story, it's just fun to swing around the city Yeah, and yeah. just do that for, for an hour. Yeah. And I, I even do, I'll sometimes just do that. Just like, they, I just wanted to go for a casual stroll in New York. <laughs> yeah, it's because because the city's so alive too, yeah. and then you know the tricks that you're doing with Spider-Man, that momentum that you're building up, and everything is just just firing all cylinders in that game. It's just it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, those the web swinging mechanics, like yeah. it, it's fun to just be Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So so your experience then with Last of Us lives up to the hype of our boys at Let's Go because I know they give it high praise. Yeah, man. Yeah, like, definitely, definitely. Cool. Like it, cool. It was a it was a great game to play through. Like, I don't know how much replay value it has because it's it's a long, long, long story. Yeah, and obviously, like with the uh, the scrounging aspect of it, where you're looking for different pieces of kit and ammunition and all that kind of stuff with the scavenging all the time. Like it it gets to be a little long, so I don't know how quick I'll be to replay it through. But man, I I got it on a decent deal on one of those PlayStation sales and yeah. totally worth every penny I paid for it. I, I really like that game. And man, it's funny that you bring up the PS five. So my daughter, yeah. yes, she, she's like going to be like a full patch gang member with this like black series <laughs> collecting thing. So I, we're kind of out on the hunt and we go to EB up by your house or up mm-hmm. by Tim's. And I'm kind of talking to the manager and he's like, ah, are you looking for anything? And I was like, Ah, I'm kind of hearing like PS5s are starting to come into the wild here. And he's like, yes and no. He's like, we've finished our list. So we've called everybody on our list. And now we're just taking 50 names at a time. And if there's room on our 50 name list, I'm happy to put you on there. Cool. So he kind of checks and he's like, yeah, you'd be like in the 30s. Do you want to jump on our list? I was like, yes, please. Like, put me down. Give me a call if you get one. And uh, off we'll go. So then we go to Market Mall EB, which is like my home EB. Yeah, I'm a kid. So she's befriended the manager there who has her on. Yeah, who has her. Yeah, he has her on a list for like the Black Series figures. So like, I'll get random texts for like, hey, uh, your your daughter's Bo-Katan is in. And I was like, what? What what is going on here? And so so we go in and we're chatting with him. And 
he's kind of showing everything that came in and they're making arrangements to make sure that she doesn't miss Cal Kestis. And I'm getting distracted <laughs> by the McFarlands. But I don't, I don't ask about this PS five. Cause it's like, why would I right? like our, our man is kind of taking us through everything else. And then, uh, dude and his girlfriend walk in and they're like, Hey, do you have any PS fives kind of jokingly? And he goes, why do you want it? And he's like, Oh, I've been looking all over for one. He's like, I'm dying to play this thing. And he goes, I have one in the back right now. I'm like, no, no, I was like, no, Seriously? I was like, dude, I will take one right now. And he's like, man, I, he's like, honestly, he's like, I would love to give it to you, but he's like, this guy, like, I literally just told him that he can. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. So he's like, we're reworking the way we do things. I was like, well, I know because these stupid black series figures, you got my yeah. text. So right. Hit me up, man. Like, yeah, these I know. Let me know. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about because I ran into him to him uh, a couple of months back, and he's he put me on that list, and I'm like, whoa, this is like this is lethal how accurate he is with this stuff. So, um, he's I'm rooting for you, it. man. I'm rooting yeah. for you. I hope I hope you get it, man, because oh, it's it's a lot of fun that system, a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I'm saving yeah. my platinum playthrough of Miles Morales for that. So there you I've, go. I've, I've got everything. I'm at like 90% or whatever it is. I just got to play through story mode one more time. Yeah. On like New Game Plus, but I'm saving it to do it on the on the five. So Wicked. Wicked. You going to replay um, Spider-Man 2 on there? Because they, they did do some updates and it looks great. Looks really good. And it's a free update. So your PS4 Spidey will just transfer over. You'll get that whole um, new like ray tracing effect going on. And oh, the low time. There's no more waiting at the subway. You just instantly... <laughs> Fast travel to your destination. I, I, I like those ones. Playing I know. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Because I, yeah. I thought that I'd have to buy like that, um, the PS5 edition of Miles Morales that came with like the disc and stuff. Like, right. Like I have this okay. Spider-Man game on disc, the OG right. one. So if it updates, maybe maybe you have to look cool. into it because I, I did buy the Miles Morales that came with the PS4 Spidey, but my save transfer went over, so I assumed. Yeah, maybe maybe you do need to buy that one if you want to play it that that version. You know what I mean? Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, yeah. No, I gotta yeah. experience it and see. Yeah, it's cool. See, see the new head, the the Tim <laughs> Tim face model for Spider Man now. They changed it up, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looks like our boy, so that'll be cool. That'll be cool. Well, worst case, I'll borrow it off you if that's cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So, Jay, now that you know what This Week in Nerd is all about, man, why don't do. you take us through uh, what your <laughs> your week, your life well, I mean, like, Nerd looks like? Like, Troy, I have been reading all the X-Men books across the board. Um, I do did have complaints about X of Swords, but <laughs> there, there are exercises of frustration with that book because I love the world building of, of the X-Men world yeah. that they've been doing across the brand. And yeah. uh, it's just fascinating. I hope it sticks around for a long time. But on the downside, it's almost always world building. And that frustrates mm. me. They're not doing a lot of X-Men-y things. And I think maybe with the new yeah. number one coming up, we'll see more of that. But it's just all politics and all world building. And I can yeah. certainly see under people's complaints. And with X of Swords having been 20 issues long, 10 of which was collecting swords for the other half of them not to use them. Very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still like the characters, the beautiful books. Some of the best artists at Marvel are working on the X-Men books right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pepe Larraz. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> just gorgeous oh. stuff. 
And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to the new book. Um, I, I'm liking the gala. I'm liking the event, although it feels like multiple issues of watching the same baseball game. <laughs> um, yeah, just but different perspectives. Lots yeah. of little conversations, but you know, I thought I was going to get frustrated with being at the one party for every title over and over and over yeah. again, but it's never been boring. Um, and yep. I haven't read this week's batch yet, but I mean, they don't hit the shelf until tomorrow, technically, but I get, I do get to, right. to sneak peek them and, uh, big things happen in X factor. Watch that book. Can't wait for that. What did you think of planet sized X-Men? I really enjoyed it. Um, they kind of gave yeah. it away with the title, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much I could say <laughs> with your, your show. Cause I don't know if you spoil too much for, for your audience. Well, how many but... weeks has it been out? It's been out probably a, two, I think. two weeks, um, but yeah, yeah. two. Well, yeah, go ahead. All right. Spoilers so if you're waiting for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you don't want to know, skip ahead a few seconds. Um, so, yeah, this with X of Swords, we had a brand new island join with Krakoa. And these guys, these mutants are very hostile <laughs> and they don't want to leave them on Earth. So we're like, well. You know, these humans are still trying to stumble their way to Mars. Let's just go there and re remake Mars into the planet we yep. want for these mutants. And that was a huge, huge thing. And that's going to really affect the cosmic books. So if you want to mm. see what that does, you should be following things like Sword and Guardians of the mm. Galaxy and possibly even Venom because Al Ewing's got an Annihilation crossover and with Sword touching is going to be in there. He's writing that book and he's going to be writing oh. the new Venom book and he's currently writing Guardians. So we got a brand cool. new big crossover in the cosmic side of things that uh, is probably going to be building through those four books. That's cool. You, you know, with, with this, um, with that planet-sized X-Men, I could not help but think as reading it, you know, growing up as a kid, I was always like, I guess the argument was always Avengers versus the Justice League. But really, like, the Justice League would just destroy the Avengers because they're, they're literally like gods, right? But then after reading this issue, it just dawned on me. I'm like, the argument's always been wrong. It should always really just been like your core X-Men versus the Justice League, because what they do in the opening of this planet-sized X-Men, when you have all these mutants doing crazy godlike things to basically create life on Earth or on Mars, I should say, uh, and then forming it for like a mutant nation or planet was just absolutely amazing. And having Magneto like orchestrate this whole thing blew my mind. Oh, I just yeah. thought it was absolutely fascinating. How the they way they yeah. the way they pulled in those mutants to okay, Magneto stirs up a molten core, pulling iron into yeah. the planet just to get the gravitational pull moving, and then that's yep. Uh, storm creating an atmosphere and Iceman yeah. first and then storm and the way they've used those powers and Hickman's come up with a clever way of combining powers of these mutants into unique yeah. ways and really forcing everybody to push their powers to the limit to yeah. basically um, you've, you've now made a dead planet into a habitable one. Uh, in the course of everybody having drinks on Earth during a, <laughs> during this gala as their big yeah. grand event, it was quite something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. I think this was yeah. all a ploy to get me to spend more money at your shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you invited me. <laughs> I, I'll enjoy taking your money. Uh, I've also been reading the Spider-Mans like you have. Um, I, I was really enjoying the books initially. And I got to mm. say, they've been kind of slowing to a crawl for me as of late. Yeah. And to to see Nick Spencer uh, ending on 74 uh, with a new crew coming in on 75, um, I was like, okay, good. I was looking for an out anyway. <laughs> and <laughs> then with the next arc, then they're going to go back to a revolving creative teams like they did uh, several years ago, about 10, 15 years ago, when they'd have like Dan Slot for an arc and then they'd bring somebody oh, else in for an yeah. arc. Uh, so they're going with that. Oh, that's but, after like brand new day. Yeah. Sorry. And so what they've yeah. announced uh, is coming next is Ben Riley. A uh, new story arc with that version of Spider-Man. And if you're of that generation, you'll be excited. And if you're of my generation who completely <laughs> tapped out of Spider-Man during that point, I have no love for that character. I'm <laughs> fine. I'm like, good. I can take a break. <laughs> but I, I certainly understand like that was when he was introduced was two years worth of Spider-Man. So for some people, yeah. that's their Spider-Man and uh, yeah. they'll, yeah. they should be happy. And there's been a slight costume tweak on that old uh, costume, but uh, I mean, costume wise, it looks pretty great. And who knows? I mean, they, they, I've read Ben Riley stuff and they, they can be good yeah. stories. He's just not a version of Spider-Man. I uh, care about too much. I'd, I'd take Is superior Spider-Man Spider first. Um, <laughs> I know it's going to be an amazing. It's going to happen in amazing. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I saw the Spider-Man Beyond thing, and the costume looked very reminiscent of the sensational Ben Riley suit. But I was like, "Is that like a nod or whatnot?" Okay, so it is still going to be an amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's title. going to be an amazing. Oh, I'm excited, Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm excited because I, I didn't like um like I loved actually Dan Slott run uh, quite a bit, but I didn't like his clone conspiracy because what it did to Ben Riley. It was really weird having him be the jackal, mm -hmm. and then he kind of went off the rails for a while. So I'm hoping with this new run, they can really kind of clean him up and fix his status quo up a little bit there. Yeah, I like Dan Slott's stuff too. Um, I think mm -hmm. by the end it was like I think he's starting to run out of steam. So moving him yeah. over to uh, Iron Man and then eventually FF was probably a good move for him. And I mean, he's always good on yeah. whatever he's working on and always yeah. seems to draw us to the best talent towards him. So um, he's yeah. going to always land on his feet no matter where he goes. And yeah. we got Immortal Hulk. Hulk's my boy. That's the that's the cool. title I will follow through thick and thin. And uh, boy, there has been some thin. But this last run with Al Ewing has been amazing from start to finish we're only an issue or two away from the ending now and uh it's been a heck of a run bringing in some kind of this horror element into the character it's been really great and awesome well, and art by ben you can see where all this cosmic stuff that he's going to be playing with how he's going to be constructing the minutiae of that world with how he's done all the stuff with the green door and the red door and kind of the gamma world. And it's been a pretty amazing book. It, it's one of the first times in a long time where I'm waiting for it to end so I can go back to the beginning and read it all mm -hmm. in a nice, concise sit down kind of thing. So I have yeah, a real, I, Hulk has been yeah, amazing. I haven't wanted to go back to reread a Hulk run um, since the Peter David run, but I, I would do that with this run in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, how many issues? 
It'll be 50 issues all said and done. Um, more right. if you count uh, some of the side one shots and annuals and that sort of thing. Okay. But it would make a nice, robust omnibus if they collect it all. Yeah. Well, and he's done a good job keeping it tight because even the few times that it plays outside of the core Immortal Hulk concept, they've done a great job with it. Like the Venom crossover stuff. And yeah, during of that nature. Yeah, during Absolute Carnage and uh, King and Black, like they all felt important even to his own book. Yeah, or even like the Avengers stuff with She-Hulk. Like mm-hmm. they come back two years later, and that pays off in Spades. In like issue 47, 48. Yeah. Have the big rematch and stuff. Well, with all the Gamma guys and the mix and match and people being able to come back from the dead and stuff, we go back to Jennifer Walters um, way back to, what was it? Secret Invasion where we thought she died and then she was just kind of back and angry and bigger. And we all kind of like, well, what happened? This is kind of what happened. It just happened between the scene. Now we're just getting to that story now. It's fantastic. Yeah. And the, yeah, the, the fact that Jason Aaron's bad. allowed for that to happen too. It's good, man. Yeah, Troy, you you dig it, but you might as well wait at this point and just get the big collection of it. Yeah. Well, I'm interested now because like um uh I've been pretty interested in um she-hulk since she's been in jason aaron's run in the avengers so you know hearing this connect, kind of connection going on with immortal hulk I, I think i might have to check it all on trade or or on my bus if they actually make that happen so definitely want to check it out because i've heard so many good things about this book i can almost guarantee there'll be an omnibus it, it nice. feels like it's nice. that that has to happen well cool. my, my man is like the only guy with arms big enough to carry that on <laughs> that's going to be a thick boy when it hits. <laughs> it's going to be a thick boy <laughs> it'll be armed and dangerous <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah um, oh boys like go ahead James. oh i could go on and on uh the tom taylor nightwing amazing um yeah. i've always thought tom taylor is the uh, unsung hero at dc he keeps making yeah um, either mediocre or terrible books into stunning books like Injustice taking a game that had no story and doing amazing stuff with it and uh, and then he did it again by doing a zombie book with Deceased and I honestly thought before Tinian was announced for Batman and he's been on it for the past year I said give that book to Tom Taylor but mm-hmm. seeing what he's doing with Nightwing I'm like that's fine leave him there I, I and even his suicide, short Suicide Squad run last year, that eleven issue run with all these new characters, I loved it so much. Oh, yeah, that his short appearances of Batman in that Suicide Squad run were my favorite pages of Batman I read in twenty 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 one. Like they were awesome, like his confrontation with Deadshot and the dog, and with Wink and and Fairy, like amazing. I'll give you one more book, one of my more guilty pleasure books from Marvel uh, before we move out of the mainstream stuff. Uh, I got to admit, Savage Avengers is one of my favorite books because it's so fun and it constantly, usually once or twice a year, it'll give me my favorite moment in the entire year. In, in its initial year when it launched, you had Conan and all these other yeah. Venom and Wolverine. And at one point, Wolverine is unconscious claws popped conan picks up wolverine and whips him around <laughs> blades out and just uses him a weapon and i think that was fantastic and he did something similar with deadpool uh, last year and 
they keep surprising me with that book. Having Conan out of his time uh, in concept sounds like horrible idea. And then you read the book and I'm like, he's still Conan. He still does Conan things that like nobody would think to do this. Uh, so they do wind up doing some crazy stuff. So it's kind of a little hidden gem over at Marvel that I don't think enough people are checking out. Well, yeah, because I, I didn't even know it's still going on. So that's that's crazy. Who's writing that one? Same team. Um, I want to say it, that was... Jason Aaron? Uh, no, no. I think that was... Um, I want to say Jerry Duggan. I could be wrong, though. Um, it might. It's either Jerry okay. Duggan or Jim Zub. Um, but uh, great, great book. Excellent. So you know what? Let's just keep this comic train rolling. We've got our expert in the house. And like, man, you've been in the retail business for how long now? Oh, I lost count at some point, but I've been doing it over 25 years. So 25 and, years and this, in the game. Yeah, and the store was founded in 1988. So we are the second oldest in Calgary. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Unless, That's unless, amazing. And like when I say that this is an OG comic book store, this is like one of the stores that you can go in and find raw back issues, but not just thrown willy-nilly. Everything's organized, priced everything's set out in numerical order all the trades you could want to get few key issues here and there it's like that place that you come to hunt for gems like i like for a while like i had a hard time coming in recently as guys are digging through the bins because i was like yo those are my bins but it's like no i put together my 50 greatest spider-man covers of all time finished that aside from the hundreds of thousands of dollars issues and i was like Gotta let it go, man. Gotta let other people look in those bins. But uh, yeah, man, like there's just not stores like you guys anymore. And like you said, you've been in the business forever. You're certified grader. Uh, we're not a certified. Well, right? I mean, we we don't do like CGC and stuff, but we are considered experts with this amount of time. But we don't do yeah. the CGC thing, um, mainly because uh, we we kind of love reading the books and turning your book into a giant trading card for me is offensive, but I certainly understand <laughs> it from a preservation aspect. And, and Hey, if you've read it, you've read it a couple times, hang it on your wall, get it CGC. Fantastic. You got a big key that some point down the road you want to sell, do it. I mean, it's a different market. It attracts a different market. I've always been a reader first and a collector second. Mm. Uh, and ine inevitably okay. you read a bunch of books and then they go in your basement <laughs> and then, a, you know, a long box turns into 20. <laughs> yeah. So at some point yeah. you went from a reader to being a collector, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I've always been both. Right. And uh, yeah, I, well, I remember you having like the little card in your wallet and stuff to check for the color grade on pages. Still and have that. that kind of stuff. Still do. <laughs> <laughs> this is an Overstreet OG that we have right here. I mean, the there was no computers and stuff back then. You had to do it all by sight and hand and, and figure out the point system that way. Right. The 100 point system that Overstreet came up with. And that's really all CGC uses. They've just percentage it made it a percentile system so it's the same system and they put it in plastic and charge you 80 bucks for yeah it for a book you can never touch again <laughs> but, but i i mean but all you can yeah. you can make some money that way i mean if you're willing to put in the investment to get it graded and the long wait time to get it back and if you want to sell it you can definitely make more than what you would have 
selling it as a raw book uh, considerably more in some cases. Yeah, it really changed the game and changed the industry, the whole CGC thing. Like it's there's a, to the point now where... Yeah, there's a big boom with collectors. Um, and there's it's, it's, it's a different market entirely. They're buying books to have them. They don't read them um hmm. that's or and there's cover collectors they're buying it as a piece of art and when you think of art it's expensive so comic book art is pretty cheap in comparison to have that virgin cover hanging on your wall and cgc yeah. is even better right so like that's a different market entirely because there are collectors and then there are the key collectors um it's frustrating because it's like seeing those guys are taking off the market, driving prices up and taking it, making it even harder for the readers to get. But um, generally that market tends to be temporary. It lasts a few years before the interest goes away and they move on to something else. But um, we're seeing it across the board in collectibles. It's happening in toys and cards and video games and comics. It's across the board right now. People are stuck at home and reliving their childhoods right now. <laughs> and that's fine that's yeah, great true, i think man. that's fantastic um to to find that love again and hopefully some of these people who are doing it as an investment purposes maybe they're going to uh rediscover or even discover for the first time a love for the book as well i always cross my fingers at these guys that are just buying the keys i'm like can you please read it once <laughs> before sending it off <laughs> you might actually like it <laughs> yeah man yeah, it breaks my heart when i see guys that are like kind of sending books off to CGC and they're devastated because it comes back as a 9.2 as opposed to a 9.8. I was like, I don't see where love factors into this whole no, equation, man. No. And I, I can tell I you right where that now, love factors in. if they're getting a 9.2 from CGC, they're probably overgrading. Because every time I see a CGC book, they usually come back higher than I would give it. Um, they overgrade, but they're also, you, depending on where you're going through, they're also charging you a percentage of the perceived value of the book. So I usually recommend people to go to a competitor of CGC because to me, that business model seems skewed. Like if I give you a better grade, I can charge you more. Seems like a no brainer that that seems a little wonky to me, but mm -hmm. Hey, you know, if it's working and people are okay to pay it, then then go ahead. I mean, at some point, I put I put some through myself and uh, a long, long time ago just to test it out. But it was all stuff that I didn't care about, variants and that sort of thing. And I mean, there's you can easily make more money doing it if you're willing to wait the six months to get your books back, which is risky because the whole market could change by the time you get them back. So it's true. one of those uh, true. caveats from the professionals. <laughs> it's even got any longer now because you got heritage auctions submitting all their stuff now and some of these big chain stores. So they're getting priority. And in some cases it can take a year to year and a half from what I'm hearing now to get your books back, depending on where wow. you're submitting them through. So always check on the time first. It might be better to go through CBD BS or one of the other competitors. Uh, instead, you'll probably, your wait time's probably gonna be way less, but every, like I said, every, everything is exploding in collectibles. And, um, with the pandemic having hit, there's more people doing it. So it's just this flood, lots of people doing it to trying to make, get more value out of their collections. Um, but much like every other business, they've stripped down. So there's more people submitting their stuff, but less people actually doing the job. Mm. And we're seeing that in supply chains across the board as well.
hopefully in 2023, us OGs can go snap this stuff all up for on the cheap when everybody's <laughs> everybody's lost interest and they're moving on to the next thing. Well, to play, pay off those credit cards from the COVID lockdowns. Yeah, I mean, eventually people are going to realize that every time a Marvel TV show comes out and they speculate on every aspect of it that might have come from a comic book drives that comic book up and then they buy it at premium and then once that thing's in the rear view mirror nobody cares anymore <laughs> so the the value just plummets again and uh, you got to be really careful about that uh, you know if, if you are interested in that book just give it a while give, give it a wait and it'll come back down yeah let's go with that theme like do you <laughs> find that the movies are good or are they bad for your business and kind of like Lately, good. We had Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki, and I would have said about. Um, I would have had a different answer to that question about five years ago. I would have said movies okay. are terrible for the business because um, right. they would they would initially drive up trade sales, uh, which is great. But then, like something like Watchmen, when leading up to Watchmen, everybody and their dog was buying up that trade that didn't already have one to read it um, because this movie was coming. And that was great. Great sales, great sales, great sales. Um, And before that movie was coming, it was a consistent seller. You're selling, you know, three or four a week kind of thing. Um, And we went up to moving, oh, Jesus, 40, 50 copies a month before that movie came out. Uh, Same thing happened with Sin City. But once those movies came and went in the rear view mirror, my sales dropped from, you know, selling a copy a month, maybe sometimes even less um, because they flooded the market with it. And Mm -hmm. now anybody who wanted one has probably got one and you don't have those consistent sales anymore. It kind of actually killed the sales for those things. Now, with Marvel having really peaked as of late and people are seeing comic books inspiring plot points within tv shows and film people are looking for those back issues and it's really driving the back issue market crazy and as a store that carries a lot of back issues it's been very good for us especially when the market really changed during covid and uh, there were less new issue sales uh that back issue collection really helped keep keep the market alive at least for us interesting yeah because because I, I was curious because I was wondering, you know, when you go back to you go back to that point where Marvel had the whole switcheroo, I think it's like the Marvel Now era, where they're all new, all different, where you had Sam Wilson Cap, you had the Jane Foster Thor. I mean, even a little bit even further back, you even had uh Superior Spider-Man, right? So Doc Ock as uh Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Did you ever find confusion in your stores where people are like, well, I'm watching the Guardians on the big screen, but it's, you know, Kitty Pride's the Star-Lord. You know, like, would you ever get that kind of weird confusion at the time? Absolutely. Like the, the characters actually. aren't represented on the screen? Um, yes. Uh, longtime readers were frustrated because they weren't the characters they recognized. And mm-hmm. new people who were being drawn to the store by the movies weren't seeing the characters mm-hmm. that were familiar to them. Now this stuff right. might pay off now as they're starting to move towards some of that direction as they're replacing actors for those roles with a female mm-hmm. Thor being in the next Thor movie. Um, that stuff becomes important again. But at the time there was a lot of frustration because there was a lot of that happening all at once. And yeah. mm-hmm. it you when you looked at the Marvel books, it looked like um, some knockoff company trying to do their version of Marvel, except it was actually Marvel. 
<laughs> I mean, you can do that. You can do that like with one character at a time, but when you did it yeah. all at the same time, suddenly the, the Marvel universe was completely uh, foreign affair for most people. They, they weren't the characters yeah. that the longtime readers loved and the new people who were being drawn in by the movies didn't recognize them either. So it was bad timing, I think, on a lot of parts. And that was an editorial error, a major one uh, from the top mm -hmm. down because everybody's approving this, not realizing all the other books were doing it too. And right. it resulted in, in a, a climax of like, oh my God, <laughs> the, none, of, <laughs> none of these characters are the right ones. <laughs> I mean, inevitably. And, and it's funny too. <laughs> Yeah, inevitably it's comics. Yeah. Everybody's going to go back to who they were, but yeah. Well, it's funny because now we're going back there, right? Because now we got the Sam Wilson, we got the Jane Foster Thor on the big screen. Um, we're even just talking about two now, right? Like it might potentially be, or or we do have uh, Ben Riley as Spider Man coming up soon. So it's we're kind of getting everything out of whack again. So yeah, we can have the same problem the in are. reverse. <laughs> in reverse now, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, this is great, and then they go like, Peter Parker's still Spider Man. <laughs> what do you mean, Jane Foster's not Thor? Yeah, <laughs> come back. <laughs> what do you mean, Steve Rogers is Captain America? It's just going to yeah. be the whole thing all over again in reverse. <laughs> it's amazing, though. It just goes to show, like, the power of the MCU, though, right? Like, to completely drive the narrative and start the tail wagging the dog as to what the comics are doing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I'll be curious to see how it progresses. Like, if they start to replace permanently your Steve Rogers with your Sam Wilson and your mm. Thor with your I, Jane Foster and just having the books kind of mirror yeah. the movies a bit. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't see, I think certain characters that might happen to like they've made Jane Foster a Valkyrie in the comics, yeah, which might be a spoiler for future movies. Who knows? But I think that's far more interesting version of the character. If you're going to keep her a, a superhero character, um, I, I, hated falcon as captain america because i loved falcon as falcon so that that kind of frustrates me um it's always frustrated me when they take a great character and then throw him in the white guy suit you know <laughs> it it that's not diversity you've just taken this great strong ethnic character and then stuck him in the white guy suit that just that i don't think that's the right way of handling it like luke cage is great um you're not going to, nobody's going to buy uh, Steve Rogers as a Black Panther comic, right? <laughs> no. no. So, so uh, that's always kind of frustrated me. I, I, I think they need to do better at building their ethnic characters. Um, and that comes with persistence. Uh, these these uh, Agents of Atlas characters that Marvel's got now, I've always liked the Agents of Atlas. And I hope they keep those characters out there because they've been interesting designs um but they haven't resonated with the fans yet and that just keeps comes sometimes mm. comes with persistence they got to be out there and used for years before they catch on and it took a long time for luke cage you know here's a 70s character that really didn't pop until bendis did it in the 2000s yeah but yeah. marvel yeah. kept trying <laughs> Power Man and the Iron Fist was a long-running book, and then they put him in a few minis, and then he was in the Jessica Jones book, and Bendis really built him up to be, hey, this guy's an A-list character and always should have been. Yeah. And now he's there. Yeah. 
Yeah, for me, it's always putting the characters in a position where they can thrive outside of mm-hmm. the shadow of the traditional version of the character. Like, I think mm-hmm. Miles Morales thrived yeah. because Bendis was bold enough to kill off that Peter Parker, and he yeah. was dead, dead. Yeah. But you had a committed readership that was like, shoot, I've been reading Amazing Spider-Man or Ultimate Spider-Man for 50 issues. I'm going to keep going, give this guy a chance. You give him a chance, writes wonderful books with him, and then... Miles, I'd argue in like 10 to 15 years, he's going to be shoulder to shoulder popularity with Peter. I'd say, I dare say he's close to being there already. Um, yeah. The and way his first like, appearance is spiked, um, I think he's almost okay, there. Yeah. That animated film just put the character through the stratosphere. And that vid- yeah. that new video game has uh, kept him there. Yeah. It's just been one hit after another with the, that version of the character. Yeah. And, you know, that changeover... I think it was well-timed by Bendis. It was uh, Ultimates at the time was meant to be this new entry point without all this continuity behind it. But at some point it became that way. And it also had a different flavor of how it told stories. But eventually the regular Marvel universe started telling those stories that same way as well. So they didn't need to have that version of Peter anymore because he was already existed in the regular Marvel universe. So why not travel the road with the new character? And he wound up being a great one. And that's the the beauty of it. Sometimes you you don't know until you try. And um, in the case of him, and we're going to see it with uh, Kamala Khan, I think as well with her show coming up. And I think that one really, really worked. It was, uh, the right character, the right time. And even though like from my sales standpoint in my store, like the title doesn't sell very well. It's a lower end, probably just breaking even type of uh, book as far as sales numbers go um, at Marvel, I would think. But the digital sales, it's one of those rare moments in comics where the digital outpaces the print. And it's, I, I don't know if it's still that way, but because uh, she's been around for quite a while now, but it it spoke to an audience that didn't have access to the print, so mm-hmm. digital was the only way they could get uh, that character and to have uh, a Muslim character uh, for a population that didn't, especially in India, that didn't have access to the print they had to go digital and so she did really great on the digital platforms and that's why that character is still out there and uh, it's i'm glad they're doing it because she's a, such an interesting character and uh, mm-hmm. g willow wilson really did a, a great job fleshing her out and not just saying hey here's waving an ethnic flag she's just a great character and that's how you do diversity you don't wave the diversity flag you just say this is the character and this is her life. She's Muslim. Great. Let's tell some great stories with her. Awesome. That's yeah. how you do it. And, and and it's cool too, you know, because you go back to someone like Kamala and even Miles. It's it's fascinating because these characters have only been around. I mean, Miles was what 2012 and 2011. Uh, no, he's like he's early. Yeah. He's, I think he's like 2004. But um, he's he, it's Miles. Uh, it took, yeah, I think I think Miles has been yeah. around for yeah around 2004. <laughs> For ultimate but, but when you look at it it's it, it's it's cool because like you have someone like his success right so from the comic books with bendis and then when you go to um the video game obviously mm-hmm. which was fantastic that you mentioned and then you got into the spider-verse <clears throat> and it's awesome what bendis did but i also got to give a lot of credit to sony because sony themselves has really devoted the time to give him a mm-hmm. video game standalone going out there giving him his own feature length film 
I mean, when you think back to like um, the late '90s, early 2000s, you know, Terry McGinnis's Batman. We haven't seen anything of that character outside of the cartoons and the comic books, right? And everyone's mm-hmm. been screaming for a Terry McGinnis Batman, but we haven't gotten it. So it's really cool to see someone like, um, yeah, like Miles Weathers, two thousand four, whatever the case is, or twelve, that he's already been put up where he is right now in such a fast time. Same with uh, Kamala, obviously headlining and. Most people say she's probably the best part of the story campaign and of the Avengers game. Yeah. It's really oh. cool to see just how, uh, how how it's taken off with these individuals. Totally. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Miles is 2011. So almost 2011. Like there you exactly go. 10 years. Wow. Exactly I, I thought it, it feels like a lot longer for me because I've spent a lot of time with the yeah. character. It does. It does. But yeah. um, that's point, for like, that short crazy. amount of time. That's only 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he's got a video game and a film and a yeah. sequel coming. Um, and they yeah. really a studio being built around it because that style was fantastic. And um, uh, what was that Netflix movie that just popped uh, with the robots and the family? Oh. Oh, uh that's the, the same studio versus the yeah the yeah versus robots or whatever um go go google versus robots on netflix people and <laughs> you'll find it it's <laughs> i wish i could remember the name of it right now but it's been a long day um but same studio and it, i really like that sony's getting into the animation game and doing well with it now yeah i mean yeah clearly feige had influence over that storyline but i love that he's kind of shown the way for these movies at Sony. It's like the shown them where they've kind of gone wrong over the years. Um, I'm hoping that'll spill over into the spinoff stuff. Cause as fun as Venom was, it was terrible as a plot. So I'm hoping, oh, they, yeah. hoping oh, they yeah. do better with the uh, carnage movie, but, and, oh, and, and Morbius as well. A lot of confidence. No, in no, it didn't. <laughs> Shoot. Shoot. So Mitchell's versus the machines. Thank you. That one was. Okay. Mitchell's versus the machines. I have yet to and, watch and that's it. That's the same really team. Good. It's the, the same, same team that did into the Spider Verse. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what's the two guys? And I love seeing uh, that Lord they're giving Bill Lord Miller. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I I love seeing that cool. they're kind of giving Disney uh, a run for its money in the animation game. Yeah. Because I mean, the Spider Verse was up for an Oscar. So yeah, one best picture or best animated, best best animated picture. And rightfully so it was easily the best animated film I saw that year. Yeah, no, Spider-Verse was great, man. It was great. So what kind of, what's the state of the industry now? Because there's a lot of like speculation online as to like publishers like DC is going to stop printing physical books Mm, and that's nonsense. Marvel is going to just trades. That's nonsense. Like, kind of take me to where where you guys were with your, like, kind of the weekly comic book purchasing and mm-hmm. what your customer habits and base was before we get into 2000 sure. and then kind of where we're okay. to um, now. Yeah, before all of this distribution shakeup, like, from the consumer perspective, as long as the books are on the shelves, they're there. They don't really know how the sauce is made and the the hoops we have to go through. Uh, For a long time, it was just Diamond Comics. Um, Before that, there were lots of distributors and they all had the same stuff. And then as Diamond started signing exclusives, DC being the one that started that, (laughs) more and more people started signing these exclusives as far as major publishers going. So then Diamond became the game for a long time. And the 
whatever deal that they had, it's come down to a point where uh, Disney and Warner want to make more money on their books. So they are going through a different different distribution models now that uh, we never see saw even before like i call the pre-diamond days the wild wild west days um and the wild wild west is pretty civilized compared to what we're going through now um with with dc having left diamond for at the worst time for retailers um during the pandemic so yeah let's leave our distribution channel to an unproven distributor uh, who was too small to actually be able to handle it at the time properly. God knows they screwed it up for me really badly and I had to jump ship really fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, Lunar, you, you done screwed up. <laughs> but um, that move was at a terrible time for retailers when a lot of people in the States were closed. It was just after we were reopening in Canada and still very limited we're only at get, getting back to full capacity soon in a week or so here so as far as how many people we can have in the store and that sort of thing but as covid was kicking up sales were dropping as people were getting scared and then next thing you know we were on a six-week shutdown with thankfully diamond also going through the same shutdown um that was our biggest expense on the table which I mean, if you had all this content coming in and nobody to sell it to, it could have been devastating to this industry and they knew it. So all this hate that Diamond gets sometimes, that was the right move. I know people just want their stuff, but if you wanted to continue getting stuff, them shutting down was the best move. And Marvel handled it really well as well as they staggered their release of their content. Um, less stuff out over a longer period. They got it all out, but it's we're still seeing them play catch up on some books. And um, it, I mean, it has hurt the new market in some regards, um, at least for them. But at the same time, it has made readers move to other stuff. Uh, DC was in a big hurry to get their stuff out, but we've seen a big jump in the indie market and indie sales. I mean, if you look across the board, print runs are going up, but when you're seeing like Berserker come out and selling 650,000 copies because of Keanu Reeves, that's huge. We're getting into 90s numbers here, 1990s numbers when wow. we're approaching a million copies. I bet you if you do the multiple printings added up on that first print, we're probably over a million copies. Now, granted, they're doing a lot of crazy padding as uh, on it with okay get the one in one in 25 and one in 100 hey we'll offer a one in 1000 signed by keanu so some stores are overstocking to get this premium book and they're never going to break even they're only going to break even at best they'll sell that big one in 1000 for 1500 bucks or so and hopefully it'll pay for the rest of the product that's not a good business model um, got to be really careful retailers if you're new to the game be careful you're going to run through your money real fast doing that but well we uh, do have a few bros on the that follow the show that are in the retail game kind of yeah in, so uh, your insights are probably going to be <laughs> got to be very wow. careful of that. I only get the the stuff I qualify for or if a customer is willing to order that much. 
I'll, I'll sell them the book for probably cost. You know, oh, you want 25 copies for the one in 25? Okay, I'll sell you the 25 copies and they'll give you that one in 25 <laughs> for, for cover instead of the premium <laughs> price because you probably yeah. already overpaid for it. But yeah, <laughs> but usually I just sell it. It's like if you just hope I have one, it'll be way cheaper in the long run. But uh, that's kind of how retailers or are, 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 um, publishers are padding their numbers right now through multiple covers, and people like, oh, I want all the covers, and so that's how Zenoscope kind of keeps in business there the audience is really small for xenoscope but it's really devoted for, um they have amazing covers and people really like them so if they're into xenoscope um usually they're buying all four covers so that's one guy buying four books that's probably a decent business model it's not the same sales that still means less people are buying books than in the 90s even though the print runs are getting higher it just means less people are buying more copies so so, so to piggyback off what you were going on about there with um the berserker comic for a minute with keanu reeves mm-hmm. um is there a trend setting because we have keanu reeves book we got berserker and then we also have um we did have the jj abrams collaboration with his son and they did that Spider-Man book. Is there a trend going on with like celebrities, slash directors, actors, and books? Or I would say that we might be at the early days of something like that. The problem mm. with doing celebrity books is they make way more much. They make way more money doing their day job than comics right. will ever pay them. But it also right. gives them uh, a property that they own and can develop. That's what Keanu's doing with this property mm. i mean matt kent and um oh i'm forgetting the artist and that is terrible because he's a fantastic artist um they're doing the heavy lifting it's kind of here's right. kind of my broad scope idea can you go put this out and uh, we have one coming from amelia clark at image called wow. mothers of mercy or something like that um uh, mom okay. Uh, and so she's doing that, something like that too. And with so much comic book properties being developed in Hollywood, you've already got celebrities that have their own cred because of who they are that can sell a book. And then if you can sell a book at those kind of numbers, Hollywood's going to go, Hey, wait, I mean, Berserker's already signed for an animation, uh, Netflix deal. I think, uh, I know it's for an animation deal as well as features. Mm -hmm. So it's working because they're getting huge numbers. So yeah, there probably will be more people getting in the game. Uh, The JJ Abrams Spider-Man, I don't think quite panned out because it got derailed by lots of delays and then the pandemic made it even later. So by the time it finished, everybody forgot it was coming out. But, and, and then as a lot of the, the previous attempts, um, uh, in the Marvel Knights era, there was yeah. like the Iron Man Viva Las Vegas. We got two issues and never finished. Um, wow. And yeah, there's there's quite a few more like that out there. Uh, so and there was a um, uh, Brian Singer X Men comic book that was announced and never came out. At least they never came yeah. out at all because nobody's waiting for more. But and then there's the Kevin Smith Daredevil. We got one issue of. No way. 
No way. Well, no, he wrote that first arc, right? That Guardian Devil arc. No, there was a bolt the bullseye. There was a bullseye one that uh, was a separate mini series and had uh, Glenn Fabry cover. And uh, apparently, the second issue is done, but he just never gets them the scripts. So maybe one day. And there's a guy who loves comic books, but his uh, he's so passionate about it. But he's also flighty. He his focus, ooh shiny, and that's his thing for the next fifteen <laughs> minutes. And then ooh shiny. So uh, if you can get him to complete something, like wait till the end and then buy it, <laughs> because you don't yeah. know if you're ever going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> So is there a bit of synergy with these Hollywood types coming in? And I, I can see, I can predict that. I would safely say, yes, I think it's starting. I mean, with how successful Berserker has been with only three issues, how could not, how could more celebrities not want to get in on that? Especially if they're getting a development deal. I mean, that is quite the retirement package that Keanu's building yeah. up for himself between that and John wick. Right. And, but yeah. he doesn't own John wick. He's a producer maybe, but he's, he doesn't own it. And at the end of the day, he's going to own berserker. Mm. I yeah, don't know well, how like, a film's going to happen though. You're like, is he going <laughs> to play it? I'm like, all right, the, here's this savage immortal that's built like uh, Conan. Are you going to play that Keanu? Because uh, you're like mid-50. <laughs> you can only really do one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been interesting to see like a guy like Robert Downey Jr. take on a property like Sweet Tooth, right, out of DC's Black Label. Mm-hmm. Or even just a guy like John Ridley and all the work that he's doing with the next Batman and Jace Fox and like I'm, reading Second yeah. Son. That thing is, it's starting to become tailor-made for either an hbo series or a movie and to be honest like i think it could make for a hell of a show and you've got john ridley who already comes from that world so i'm actually amazed at how much he's doing in comics right now um considering he comes from that world so i don't know how much how long we can keep him but he's doing other history of the dc universe the uh the the new the next batman book and uh black panther upcoming that's quite a bit for a a hollywood guy yeah well he's popping up everywhere like batman black and white he's had i think two stories in there Mm -hmm. um the future state gotham he's all of a sudden popped up as one of the writers in Mm -hmm. there and like Uh, you know i've i've only read the future state miniseries and i loved like the first issue and then the art changed and the magic kind of went away um i feel like like with the current nightwing run sometimes you just that you get a pairing and it works so well and that's that book yeah and that first next batman from future state was that book and then they changed the artist for the rest of the series and it just didn't quite feel the same to me it was still a good read but it didn't have the quite Mm. the same punch to it there was a few of those future state books where they'd bring on new artists and put them over because Darrington still did the layouts on the next Batman book. I didn't quite so, feel like that it felt the same because Nick Darrington, I think, is like one of the unsung legends in the business right now. Like he his yeah. he is yet to reach his reach his pinnacle. He is amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm really digging the short form Jace Fox stuff. Like there's an issue recently where they introduce his sister as like a Robin type character. Oh yeah. Was that the and youngest one? 
Yeah, that was the one oh, I was okay. sending. Like it was so the art yeah. was so good. I think uh, yeah. uh, Oliver Copiel did the the art in that. I was sending. Oh. Troy. I think I sent you the whole stupid, <laughs> stupid book, man, because I kept sending you screenshots of the panels. But it was just such a cool story. Like he's strung up and he's getting beat on by these guys. And his mask eventually breaks, and they're like these alt-right KKK type dudes, and his mask breaks, and so they see that he's a black guy underneath, and then it starts going sideways on them, and you see that eventually the whole thing was a setup by him and his sister to kind of take these guys down and oh. get some leverage on their target and stuff. I was like, this is cool, like this is interesting, and I love the fact that he's a guy that doesn't quite have it all figured out, and mm-hmm. he's he can make mistakes, and he's learning from his mistakes, and he's on the like. I really liked what they've done in the solo book. And like, it took Ridley a really long time. I'd argue too long to get here. Mm-hmm. We're kind of finding out why he's not Tim Fox and why he's Jace Fox. Jace, yeah. mm-hmm. And I always thought that was kind of weird. And I was like, Oh, are you just changing the name? Cause this is a, a cooler name. And you know, you had that Tim thing in the history that you maybe had to use, but no, they justify it in such a way that it makes the character, so much richer and so much more nuanced and like it like i'm ride or die with batman like look yeah. behind me there's like mm-hmm. thousands of dollars of this sh- stuff down here but like if tomorrow batman and detective became a jace fox batman book i'd be fine with it just Bruce mm-hmm. popping up in his trench coat every once in a while mm. it'd be cool like future state gotham i wish that book had better art because it's a great read but man I have I also, a hard time paying that penny for that, such a rough. That was a book. weird choice to go like manga black and white. Like, yeah. I mean, I kind I I dig that Japanese style, but to go black and white on a DC book, I really had mm-hmm. to question that choice. Like, well, and I didn't have I time to finish it. it. If it's <laughs> if if it's well drawn and refined, but it almost looks like layouts kind of mm. thing right and you have williamson writing it so the writing's amazing they do reveal like troy you'd love it man like yeah issue one is a red hood book issue two is a red hood book that introduces jace and then you see who the man in the shadows from future state was okay oh. cool but the art the art's uh. so rough but man issue two like they were like this guy troy on the nerd room podcast we're drawing <laughs> this cover for him because the variant cover i'll send you a picture after no we're done, man dude it's it's nightwing red hood and jace no way (laughs) on a jam cover yeah oh man man. that's amazing (laughs) and and is the jace the next batman is that like a six issue mini that one so this so second son is like a four issue i think they're going with this four issue format uh i think they're just doing four four and four uh, at least oh, currently, okay. you know, Future State ran four. This first arc ran four, and I think the next one's also four. Okay, well, like, um, with, with with Future State, because the big thing I think was it uh, was it last year we heard the rumblings about four G. Do you do you believe that Future State definitely was four G, or did it turn into something different, or how much of four G became Future State? What do, what do you think oh, about that? This whole, is actually five G, but five um, G started. Yeah, 5G, no worries. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is a bit of irony there because after they let Dan Didio go and that was kind of him fostering this idea and it felt like they were pulling away from it. And then, um, part of why they did future state 
is the books were out of sync and they were some books were ahead and some were behind um and mainly because of death metal was happening and that book was way behind in its production and you had if you were reading justice league it just kind of ends on a cliffhanger and then the next issue was a justice league story and it just completely ignored what that cliffhanger because it took place after death metal which hadn't come out yet so future state was a way to get the books back in sync and have that uh a couple months of skip time and fill that void and they're like well we've all got all this 5g stuff sitting here why don't we use it and somewhere along the way they said hey maybe this wasn't such a bad idea maybe we can do something with this and they went back to the plan and uh, i'm sure somewhere somebody's going why did we fire dan didio again yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know man that guy's had his fair share of bad ideas along sure the way, so sure I, we, we kind of know why jim too bad on that one but, uh, <laughs> i yeah, i man, there's some gems I'm still surprised that Jim Lee wound up being the last man standing, but (laughs) that one puzzled me. (laughs) The the mastermind behind new 52. Mm. (laughs) Hey man, it's when you're that talented, when you can convince an entire generation of readers that hush is one of the most legendary stories of all time. (laughs) When it, when it's the most pedestrian writing, behind the world's greatest <laughs> pencils that have ever been put to print. There's well, a reason that you're the last man standing. Jeff yeah. Loeb had, had did better Batman murder mysteries. Long Halloween was is definitely his best. Um, yeah. Hush was yeah. pretty obvious yeah. out of the gate. <laughs> but it looked oh, pretty. Issue one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, issue yeah. one. Who's like, Hush? Yeah. Who is oh, Hush? This this background character we've never seen before. Of course it's that guy. That's the every yeah. mystery trope on the planet. Every mystery yeah. movie you've ever seen. I recognize that actor, and then you forget he was in the movie because he's they've pushed him into the background so much. Yeah, of course the killer's that guy. That's yeah. the guy. Never saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. But it was pretty. It oh, was yeah. pretty. Yeah, we got a lot of iconic scenes out of that, right? You know, with, with oh yeah, the look of Batman throughout that whole thing. The Superman figure we've even gotten to recently, right? With the whole uh was that is that Mesco? No, uh Mafex. Mafex Superman, Mayfex, right? Yeah. yeah, we've gotten that with the poison ivy and all that. So it's iconic for sure, but obviously definitely not not the best pinnacle for a Batman story, I would say. Yeah, as far as writing yeah. goes, but yeah. yeah. Man, I guarantee you, you run a Twitter poll right now, you'll get huge numbers for people being like, hush. Oh, greatest yeah. Batman story ever put to page. <laughs> like, uh, I'll, give, I'll give you the greatest pencils maybe ever put to page. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get, when get, you got a murder mystery. And get yourself the artist one, edition. You know exactly. The Jim Lee artist <laughs> edition of that book. Yeah. Um, worth every penny. Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. still a decent read. It just wasn't the best that that Jeff Loeb had put out there. I think he had one really great murder mystery with the year long story of long Halloween. We got the animated film that had just come out and part two is out in a month. Um, that's fantastic. And then the follow up with dark victory was, meh. <laughs> and then you get, <laughs> then you got that uh, hush story and it was even less than that. So uh, diminishing <laughs> returns is he's losing uh, like, ah, how many more MacGuffins do I have left? <laughs> I can't remember. Did Jeff also do um, Spider-Man Blue? 
Did he yes. do that one? Yeah, With he did Gwen? all the color books. He did. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a great one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. his yeah. Batman work, in my mind, Batman, his DC work as a whole, it was better than the Marvel stuff. But, I mean, those books mm. were great. Uh, Batman, uh, there, was, there was Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray, uh, Captain America White, Spider-Man Blue. Right. Could be forgetting yeah. some more, but I think there's one was more. Was it a Fantastic Four? Or was it a Silver Surfer? I thought there was one of those two. No, well, there was a Silver Surfer Black, but it had nothing to do with oh. that the, the color books. But it sounds like it should. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should start wrapping this thing up. But seeing as oh, we're kind of so with the individual com- companies and where we're going on stuff. Um, yeah, we've been having so much fun here. We like lost track of time. The only reason I know what's going on is because my computer keeps telling me we want to update. I paused it for an hour, and all of a sudden it showed up again. So, <laughs> so we kind of talked about DC, and maybe we'll finish off with them again. But uh, Marvel Comics, where are they at for you as a retailer, and where do you think they're going um, in this retail space? You know, I do find maybe that Marvel creatively is a, a, a bit stale right now. Um I feel like DC at least is they're trying some new things and interesting things, despite all of their shakeups that they've had from on high um, they're They've been really up to the challenge and trying different things. And I think with mixed results, I don't know if audiences are, are reacting to some of these books as, as they'd like, but uh, they've been pretty good, like the, a hidden gem like Swamp Thing and Ram V, um, another guy who's uh, an up-and-comer. Watch that, dude. Um, and Marvel's got stuff coming with Ram V as well. But um, you, really, Marvel feels like it's hinging on just a handful of guys. Um, I don't feel like Jason Aaron's been at the top of his game on Avengers. It's been good. Yeah. Uh, especially when he gets into the vampire nation stuff, when he gets into the darker yeah. stuff, he's really on his game. But I feel like when he does something where that feels like, okay, let's do the classic Avengers quest book. And it feels like it's been done to death. And that Phoenix story, it's Mephisto. like, oh, oh, and heroes were born. Oh, yeah. Boy. Uh, cool. yeah, that one's been a bit of a, like, and sometimes I wonder if that's editorial just going, Hey, you have a good idea. Can we turn it into an event when it shouldn't be? And it should have been the next arc of Avengers. So I think heroes were born was one of those cases where it just got, it was too big of a story than for a story that didn't need to be that big. And it was essentially spo- probably meant to be the next, um, story arc in Avengers. But uh, overall, like, you know, hopefully he can get that book back on track. I feel it's been a little bit off track as of late. Uh, Donnie Cates and Al Ewing are, are pretty much carrying the company on their oh. shoulders. Um, yeah. And with Hickman over there show running the X-Men books. But uh, those two are just killing it right now. And uh, I feel like there's room for somebody to kind of come in there and shake things up again. Um Marvel's got a bad habit of relying on just a handful of guys. And you know, just a few years ago, it was Matt Fraction and Bendis and, uh, and Brubaker. And all those guys are off doing other things now. So thankfully, they seem to have a steady flow. Yeah, they do have a steady flow of some really great A-list talent. But it seems to be like two or three at a time. And Donny okay. Cates is everywhere. So he's yeah. only really doing one Marvel book and then he's off doing a bunch of his own stuff. I mean, crossover. 
that book is a culmination of a lot of his indie work and pulling in others along the way for the ride. And it's been really good so far. <laughs> Sometimes Donnie well, cases to get a bad habit of, of here's a really cool idea, but that's all it is. It's a, here's a cool idea, but it's not the greatest <laughs> story in the world. <laughs> and, and sometimes they fall a bit Well, let's flat. go, let's go there next. So okay. Troy, Troy and I are big lovers of uncle Todd. Yeah. Tell us about Uncle Todd's company, Image Comics. <laughs> Image Comics? It's well, at, it's not it's just his company. Um, I'm yeah. not a Spawn reader, so I don't know. Every time I pick up Spawn, it feels like I've never missed an, ep- an issue. So, But he's uh, finding a lot, a lot of readers are coming back, or at least collectors. I don't know if they're reading the book, but uh, he's getting into the multiple cover game. But his sales are started really coming back up with 300 uh, the hype of having hit 300 and crossing the Cerebus record of indie books although i think he still holds the record over there with dave sim because dave sim did it all on his lonesome (laughs) 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 with with gerard and uh and todd had a whole bunch of people to get him to 300 so i think he cheated to get to that number (laughs) dave's still hey man dave's achievement is still bigger and for uncle todd slander especially not what i'm posting yeah yeah we're all part of yyc over here that's mr 403 800 percent man i love his family i really do (laughs) um but but he's finding success and he's pulling in some talent too i hear donny cates is going to be involved in one of the expansion books we got king spawn coming up after spawn universe starts setting up these books and uh we'll probably see those trickle out over the next couple of years i don't know how expansive the book is but it's going to be in his little corner of the universe but I mean, this is starting to look like um, when Image started and everybody kind of had like, okay, there was Wildstorm and Top Cow. Whatever happened to Top Cow? Hey, Silvestri, hi. <laughs> Can you bring out some books again? Um, <laughs> oh, I, know. I love Mark. I, I love do too. Mark. That's why I want some more books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, it, it's frustrating when you have all the best talent and they're not doing any books. Like, where's Jim Valentino right now? Please give me some books. Oh, I love them. Yeah. Um, even if it's more Shadowhawk, he did great stuff with Shadowhawk, but I think he's probably primed for a new property. But, you know, all the best of luck for Todd. It's great that he's finding success and can expand the universe. He's been kind of just focused on this one book most of the time. And we did in the early days, we had little minis here and there and a short run spinoff books. Um, and Bendis had Sam and Twitch, which I did read. And I love that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, uh, hopefully we'll see more of it. I think he's, he's now at a primed at a point where he wants to expand into other media again. So we could see a return of the spawn as an animated series. He certainly got something in, mm. in the works with Blumhouse with it. So a lot of speculation and that's also driving the sales on those books is speculation yeah. of other media. What about image greater though? Because they, to oh, me, is doing really well right in. now. I would have. It's insane. Like as a under the park. As somebody who was there at the beginning, um, I will eat my words from from when they started twenty five years ago, twenty six years ago. I didn't think they'd make it a two years with the model they had. Everybody kind of left their successful Marvel books to only do the same books at Image. Um, at the time it felt like spawn was just a crossover between Spider-Man and Dr. Strange's collar. Um, kids dig chains. (laughs) Um, 
young bloods just felt like he was still doing X Force with Rob Liefeld, and I can go on and on. They, you know, Supreme was just a rip off of Superman, but they did start trying things with those characters. They brought Alan Moore in to do stuff on on uh, Supreme, and even the Wildstorm stuff, and Warren Ellis on Authority, and suddenly saw like we do have aspirations and we want to make this bigger and maybe we didn't quite have the tools on our own so they started bringing in some writers to help them with that and now it's attracting a lot of writing talent into the company as well um yeah. i think it really turned around when walking dead came out and kirkman was able to build that up into a big property i mean invincible came out before that and didn't quite find the same success, but now Walking Dead is going to be forever known as this big hunk of television of a generation. And it's created this empire and Kirkman reinvests in himself and he has found other creators that have strong storytelling abilities and brought them into his Skybound label. If there's any label at Image right now that I have a lot of confidence in is the Skybound label because those books are always good. Yeah, man, like it, it's a testament to just coming in, telling your story well, and then getting out. And proof is in the pudding with that guy, right? Like he ran out of story to tell with Walking Dead and he finished one of the most successful ongoing books at the time. He just said, you know what? I'm done. The The story's done for me and, mm-hmm. and off we go. And I think there's a lot of integrity with that. And it, it's ironic because I remember Todd McFarlane singing that same song way back when, and he'd put his funky clocks in mm-hmm. with, oh, Spawn's only got this much power. And he had that issue where I think 300 like was his target. Superman. I think 300 yeah, was supposed to be the end, but yeah, too much money to be made on the market. I have a feeling Spawn's never going away, even if Todd, passes this mortal coil um he'll be with us for a long time but i I think that character will continuously be out there like superman it's gonna be an ip it already is an ip so that unfortunately and i think image as a whole where creators can tell their stories in the length they want to tell it i think that's part of what indie books as a whole is attractive is you can get in on the ground floor or something instead of having 20, 30, 50, 80 years of history behind it, get on the ground floor of something and actually see the end of it. Like I'm not going to get the end of Spider-Man story. I'm not going to get the end of the Batman story, etc. But you know, I had 50 fantastic issues of birthright. One of the uh, Williamson's greatest books over at, image right now is coming to a close um i don't know how long crossover is going to be around but it's been i know we'll see the end of that um at some point and uh there's some great stuff undiscovered country i think scott snyder's doing some great stuff over there with undiscovered country and noctera which really took me by surprise to be honest i thought it was just going to be oh no image is doing another bad babe book and then i read number one i'm like oh boy was i wrong about this thing uh, that one's a really great read. Um, oh, cool. And Boom's Boom's going through the same thing. Boom has kind of turned themselves into almost at an image level studio, given some of the properties mm. they've picked up as of late. Boom. Power Rangers, man. 
It's, it's a good, good read over at Boom. <laughs> Loving it. Uh, you know, I, I had no, my childhood did not include the Power Rangers. I was kind of already uh, getting a little too old for it when it came out. So I don't have any childhood love for the characters at all. But it looks like they took it in a in a way that I probably would have appreciated grounding the character somewhat. Mm. And like, I I didn't watch Power Rangers, but I saw the movie from a few years ago. I'm like, oh, I wish it would have made into right. more of those. I kind of like that. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Or even like, isn't that Ninja Turtles book from them? Uh, an image, no, that's, that, that's uh, IDW. And uh, IDW's yeah. probably bread and butter at the moment. That's probably their best selling book is the turtle, especially Ronin. It's it's great. Yeah, Last Ronin's phenomenal. And, and their mainline book's great too. And, they even have a couple spin-offs of uh Jennifer, Jenny, like the fifth mm-hmm. turtle as well. I think they have uh, so. Jenna, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're probably yeah. gonna yeah. get the third uh miniseries out of her fairly quickly. Um I don't I mm-hmm. I with the amount of Transformers and G.I. Joe they're doing, I think I feel like the properties have lost a little synergy right now. Maybe that'll build back mm-hmm. up with Snake Eyes just around the corner. Um, we certainly right. see back issue prices spiking as we get in closer um, on the classic G.I. Joe stuff. So we might mm. see those properties starting paying off because with IDW, they were one of the companies I think that got hurt hard by COVID and certain divisions like their game, their role play game division or their board game division um, wasn't really making money. And they actually had to release more stock to fund that last season of Winona Earp. Um, just so they could get it finished. So there's been some money problems um, moving things around. The comic division's always actually made money, but having shuffled things around, I'm interested to see what the feature holds for them if they can kind of go back on their get on back on their feet again because that Hasbro license is awfully expensive, and they used to have the master license for the properties, and now it's back down to GI Joe and Transformers. They don't have any Micronauts coming out or Action Man or any of those other properties uh, not even rom uh i think they just finished off off uh the dire race series but uh, not doing much with any of that stuff right now probably because they can't afford to but uh with turtles doing well um and indie books is a whole lot more attention coming on to them hopefully they can build themselves back up i dark horse has had different problems as well because of properties being uh long associated with dark horse being sniped up by disney because hey we just bought that company we own fox now let's uh (laughs) let's move buffy over to boom where uh fox had owned a portion of boom and now disney owns that portion so they moved the that product over there and marvel takes back conan now they've got aliens, predators around the corner, yeah. Star Wars. Like poor Dark Horse took a beating yeah. in the last few years yeah. of major properties that did well for them, and uh, they did yeah. well with. So uh, I'm hoping they'll be good. I mean, they they pretty much uh, Mike Mignola, Jeff Lemire land right now, but there's a lot of little hidden gems that have been coming here and there that uh, people should probably be paying attention to. I, I think they're making some good moves right now. It could take a while to pay off though. Cool. So let's end it on that. So tell me who's coming into the store and what are they buying and what are some of those gems that our listeners should be seeking out either because they're great books to latch on to or because you think that this is the start of something special. Well, it's got to be careful. Uh, If a book's got a lot of buzz behind it, it's also going to have a big print run. 
<laughs> which yeah. means probably not an investment per se. Uh, it's probably not going to pay off very well because there's a lot of them out there. But doesn't oh, yeah. mean the man, book we don't isn't mess good. With speculating, yeah, just what's good. Yeah, what's it doesn't good, mean. Man. Yeah, what's and sometimes that spec is is worth it. Um, I do like Berserker. It's still too early to say where it's going to be. Uh, when I get a customer who's asking about the book, what's it like? I usually tell them it is think Highlander if it was created by Frank Miller, and you'll get a sense of <laughs> how that book feels. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got to say the bad idea books have been really great. Um, they're a company to watch if you can find them, they have limited distribution. So they unfortunately they are tough to find, but if you can find them, they're well worth it. Uh, ENIAC is wrapping up this week and, uh, that's been fantastic. Um, Matt Kent's just killing it lately. Um, but, and they're good investments, at least so far. <laughs> Probably because the FOMO, right? Uh, fear of missing out. Yeah. And with, with limited distribution, if you're told so you can't have something, you want it even more. <laughs> so good reads, also probably good in, on an investment um, standpoint. Um, but I always say go for the read first. And uh, Noctera, it's great. Um, still early days for that book, so you can get on the ground floor. Um, Jeff Johns. He's got Geiger coming out through Image. Uh, oh, so far, it's so been pretty good. good. And Gary Frank is one of my favorite artists in the business right now. So um, go check it out. I, that book is still growing right now. And uh, it's early days, so you can still get those books at a decent price right now before they explode. I mean, hopefully they do. And you've already got them. Buy them low and then make some money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but go for the read. They're a great read. Uh, Jeff Johns is usually a good bet regardless. Uh, you're usually going to get a good read out of him no matter what he's doing. Um, and that's that's one of the things too. Find a writer. Find a writer you're going to like. And uh, generally, they're not, hopefully not going to steer you wrong. Tom Taylor, another writer to watch no matter where he's going, whatever he's doing next. Um, uh, Nightwing's going to be the book that propels him into the next level. And we're going to start seeing him do big things when he's finished doing nightwing he's going to be able to write his own ticket wherever he's going to go next and um yeah uh marvel we're still waiting i don't know i mean i feel like x-men spinning its wheels a little bit but uh hickman's always a great writer and uh i don't know i, I i'm a little worried that maybe the beast got away from him on this one um, it doesn't feel like as tight as Avengers and Fantastic Four when he when he was writing those mm. books, but I really dug. He's really good at world building, but this one with so many people involved might have gotten away from him a little bit. And hopefully, he can rein it back in and find its focus. Um, and that's partly the publisher's fault. Hey, we're finding success. Let's make five more titles like that. Oh, those are selling good too. Let's do five more. And then, oh, wait, the brand's been watered down. What happened? Well, you have 20 books. <laughs> That's what happened. Five bucks a pop. Would be hard to keep up, man. It's um, hard to keep up. Yeah. I think the uh, Donny Cates, Al Ewing train over at Marvel's probably going to be worth sticking around for. Um, Donny Cates got me reading Venom, and I never thought that anybody could get me read Venom again. <laughs> so uh yeah. with the exception of maybe one arc i think that that was a pretty good run i really did enjoy it so 
four. Yeah, it's been still, awesome. I've still to see. Loved. I yeah, Venom. I really liked. I didn't like that twenty ninety nine story, but the rest of it was really good. That one was a bit of a slog. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, that was one arc out of like a good hunk of issues, fifty some odd issues. So that was uh, well worth the ride. And uh, and Al Ewing on Hulk was great. So with them swapping books, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna still read Venom, and I'm still gonna read the Hulk. I was always gonna read the Hulk. Who am I kidding? Well, man, this has been amazing, and it's yeah. like not quite the the structure and format that I had envisioned, but it ended up being way more fun because it was basically Troy and our listener base on the Wednesday or Tuesday, in my case, uh, comic book shop hangout. So this is what it's like at Jay's store. Like Wednesday, you pull up a piece of counter there. There's a gentleman who has amazing connections in the industry and in the media industry. And it's usually there that, Wednesday. Uh, in- yeah. Yeah, yeah, your local All... shops. You you have one in your town, hopefully, and Wednesdays are the best day to go because that's when the diehards are. That's guys like us that like to talk about comics and what goes on in them and why we love them, and we get excited about this story and that story and that artist and this artist, and all that happens on Wednesday, and you just kind of got a taste of what Wednesdays are like at a comic book store. Yeah, and that's no no exaggeration. Like, we hang out and talk stuff, and you get all sorts of neat insights and tidbits. And yeah, there's there's like that Ryan guy who I try and avoid. <laughs> I sit in my car for a minute till he leaves. That guy is oh, annoying. I hope but... he doesn't. I hope he doesn't listen. I like Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I we know have you different do, opinions. It's always. I love having the different opinion. <laughs> oh man, the, the the greatest day of my life was when Bendis signed on for Superman and that DC hating mofo. I was like, oh, look who's got to buy Superman in action twice a month. Yeah, he's, he's choke start, on it. He's he's choke been, on it. He's been trying, but he's getting a little sour on Bendis as of late. The DC's not enough for him anymore. <laughs> but yeah. he, he does like Jay. Why don't you? Uh... Yeah. Oh. So good. Yeah. So good. Why don't you plug your, your actual show? So okay. ironically, <laughs> yeah, we, I we've had point. so much fun talking comics and it comes so smooth, but yet you have your own podcast and you don't cover this stuff at all. No, In I fact, do this the last every time you day. Did, I think I was this. I was a special guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you uh, broke your cherry on my show. Um, I I host yeah. a show called Invasion of the Remake. We drop every Tuesday on all your major podcast platforms. Um, we're everywhere: uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Audible, Amazon Music. We're literally everywhere. Just. Uh, Go to our website, invasionoftheremake.wixsite.com slash podcast, and you can find our archives there and a lot of other podcatchers that you can choose from to listen to the show and uh, visit our uh, merch store as well. What is the show? Well, we talk about movies. We talk about remakes specifically. Uh, We kind of revolve every other week one week we will talk about movies that have been remade and we will compare those movies to the original and then alternatively we will take that another movie and why we started this show in the first place is to say hey hollywood stop making remakes of good movies into bad ones how about you take (laughs) bad movies that had a nugget of a good idea 
and turn it into a good one. And that's what we'll do in another week. We will, one week we will do our comparison and then the next week we will take a movie, usually not that great, (laughs) but had something going for it and we will elevate it. We will recast it and we will come up with new ideas and workshop it. And which is kind of how a writer's room works. And, uh, it's just kind of a bunch of gang coming up with ideas and workshopping together. And uh, occasionally we even get Hollywood listening in and some of the directors, uh, have, uh, tweeted us and say, Hey, those were good ideas. And yeah, we're going to use that. Like, great. Can I have a credit? Can I have, uh, maybe a check, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, very cool. Yeah. So we've talked and we're cover all sorts of genres. It's like action, science fiction, um, Westerns, dramas, uh, horror. We do quite a bit of horror, uh, especially in October. We all horror, uh, during those months and, uh, we'll do crossovers with other podcasts like you guys. Um, I'm, I'm happy that you were able to come on our show and, fell in love with doing this Uh, only us crazy people will do this because as you know there's not a lot of money in podcasting but we like creating the content for you and we like the feedback Um, so if you check out my show uh, listen to us if you have any suggestions corrections or comments please email us and follow us on our social media at invasion remake on twitter invasion the remake on facebook and instagram and invasion the remake at gmail.com and we will take fantasy challenges and we've had some great ones over the years yeah man we might have to deploy our boy sanjay to yeah come represent nerd room on your show sure that guy's got the archive and he's got the yeah He's got the passion for the film space there. But uh, no, man, we're blessed to have you. And speaking of feedback, if you enjoyed having Jay with us today, let us know and we can maybe work uh, a follow up to this show. Or if there's a specific topic in the comic book space you guys want us to throw around, we can do that. If anything, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit with comic books, which is why they've been with us forever. And. I don't think I can ever walk away as much as I threaten all the time. So <laughs> that, uh, that's where it's at, man. And Ride you can, or die. You can Dude. find those uh, Carlos uh, early episodes on our show too. The RoboCop one. I'm trying to remember which ones you were on. I know RoboCop for sure. Yeah, RoboCop. And there's some Marvel ones. Like yeah. I said, it was ironic because you come on our show to talk comic books. And then you called me to come on your show to talk comic books so, yeah it was a one day thing. i deviated from uh my normal format because some days i will just you know what i'm gonna do my thing it's my show i'm gonna do my yeah. thing but uh yeah, every now and again you want to break format kind of era yeah that's right yeah. we did kind of a marvel wrap up around then yeah yeah so guys you can catch everything that we do over on the nerdroom.net I'm not going to be able to get through this as eloquently as our boy Tim, but you know, Tim will be with us probably next week. He's on the road, but he's taking his gear with him. And that guy is committed. He's committed to the show, committed to you listeners. And um, yeah, we might be getting some remote hosting from the uh, lovely province of Ontario. So we'll see how this shakes out. Maybe you'll get the OG Steve Rogers. Maybe you'll have to fly with the Falcon. I don't know, but we'll see what's going to be happening. Either way, somebody will be here with you. I got my man Troy back with me. I can't tell you how much that makes me happy. Worst case, we'll bust out their cell phones and record an episode of the Nerd Room Arcade, man. Yeah. Yeah, we are there for you. But for the Nerd Room, I'm Carlos. I'm Troy. And we are out of here. 
This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.